to the Pulse of the Prairies podcast, which is brought to you by Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. This is where we share information about farm practices, pulse markets, research outcomes, market development efforts, and much more. So my name is Laurie Friesen, and I am the Seed Program Manager of Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. So today I'm talking with Mark Watson. He is the owner and operator of Watson Seeds Limited, which is an independent seed retailer and pedigreed seed producer near Avonlea. I am also joined by Drs. Bunyam and Taran and Tom Workington from the Crop Development Centre at the University of Saskatchewan. Tom is a professor in Ministry of Agriculture Strategic Research Program, Chair in Field Pea and Soybean Breeding uh, and Genetics. Bunyaman is also a professor in Ministry of Agriculture Strategic Research Program Chair in Chickpea and Flax Breeding and Genetics. So I want to really thank you for joining us today and taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, today we're going to dive into some new pulse varieties that are currently commercially available or just coming new available for the spring of 2024 as well as hear about some more upcoming varieties that are in the pipeline for release in coming years. So welcome everyone. So Mark, I'd like to start with you. Um, what types of pulses do you grow in your operation? Uh, currently on our farm, we grow chickpeas, small green lentils, large green lentils, red lentils, green peas, yellow peas. Um, well, I guess that would be all for all of our pulses. And then we also grow canola, durum wheat, winter wheat, some barley, flax, whatever That's else. That's quite the lineup. <laughs> yeah. So you have a lot of expertise. At SBG, we're excited about some of the new small red lentils, such as CDC Nimble and CDC Semi, as well as the more established variety, CDC Red Moon. Uh, what are you seeing in terms of grower adoption of these varieties? We've had quite a bit of interest in the Nimble and the Semi. We've actually never grown the Red Moon. Right. The Clearfield varieties have worked really well for us on our farm, so we've just stuck to the Clearfield varieties. And I don't know if both Nimble and Simi coming out at the same time, it seems like we kind of have a split of growers that some prefer Simi, some prefer Nimble. And I do have one grower that still wants us to grow Impulse for him. So. Yeah, Impulse is still a good variety. And it's interesting because when we released Impulse, we also released uh, Proclaim at the same time and found the same thing that some growers really preferred one and, and some of the other. So yeah. that, that seems to be a common thing. And I think sometimes it could even be environmental farm practices, maybe favor one variety over the other. Yeah, it just seems that one, I don't even, maybe they just like the name better sometimes. They, they, but <laughs> the, the Nimble and Semi both have been varieties for us so. oh that's perfect um yeah we we actually did a, a replicated strip trial down at uh, in the rosetown area this year and uh, be comparing small red lentil varieties and uh, of course red moon uh, the conventional variety did hit the top at 115 percent of maxim uh, but nimble was really good as well at 112 percent of maxim uh, so that was that was exciting to see. Uh, so, you're, do you think that the IMI tolerance trait is still very important to growers? Uh, it depends on the area. Like some areas, they're having resistance issues, and it's not really helping very much with weed control. So then they figure they're better just to be conventional. 
we've had issues with Sencor in the past and that the ME chemicals are a lot easier for us on our crops just with our soil type and stuff. So. For sure. And I think I hear similar comments from growers too. Um, you know, some really still feel they, they need to be able to use the ME chemicals and um, where they don't, then something like, you know, Red Moon is, is a really good variety. You know, it tends to almost always yield at the top, but it's nice to see two varieties that are up and coming, you know, whether it's Nimble, Impulse, and Semi are, are competing quite well. So that's really good to see. Okay, well, how about if we switch now to chickpeas, in particular, Kabuli chickpeas. Bunyaman, as a chickpea breeder, you get to see the new varieties before anyone else does in the, in the industry. This year, SPG is promoting uh, adoption of four chickpea varieties that are just coming available to growers in terms of certified seed. So these include uh, CDC Lancer, CDC Orkney, CDC Pasqua, and CDC Pearl. Can you tell us a little bit more about each of these varieties? Okay, yeah, we, we have these uh, four new, kind of newer Kabulis varieties that are available. So if you see on the seed guide, CDC Lancer, which was released in 2019, and then followed by CDC Orkney, was released during the COVID in 2020, now already listed in the seed guide. So those two are kind of a medium-large Kabuli uh, in general, so in reality, uh, quite often Lancer is uh, larger than than Orkney, and uh, but Orkney uh, from our trials in many locations showing slightly higher yielding. So you kind of the balance it out. Okay, you get a little bit larger seed, but few percentage lower yield, or you get a little bit smaller but higher yield. So those those two are now available. And then in 2021, we released two new varieties of Kabulis. One is small Kabuli, CDC Pearl, quite high yielding, so over 10-11% of the checks. We still use the check, the old one, B90. Uh, so Pearl is small Kabuli, and I've heard people like it uh, for some canning industry. They like the size. I thought initially we always target in the larger seed, but in fact uh, there are some uh, kind of adoption for the smaller chickpea for canning. And CDC Pasqua is the largest Kabuli now available. Maybe this is for replacement for uh, CDC Orion. So these two are not on the seed guide yet, but it will be in 2024. So it will be included. And that now we have more data and then as well as the pedigree seed now a little bit uh, on the uh, close to the availability. So, so that's probably and all of them. If you will like to use EMI, so they're all tolerance to imidazolinone as listed as solo ADV, if you want to use it. If you don't want to use it, it's fine because this is kind of generic. It's not, it's common. It's not like a proprietary of any, any uh, unit special agreement for this chickpeas. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, how about on disease? Have you made any observations on comparing these varieties for disease So this, this varieties is uh, kind of quite similar one to the other. So they range from from uh, 4 to 4.5, 4.8. So depending really on the season and, and uh, how much range you get. So similar like with the older varieties on the Ascokaita, like uh, CDC, uh, Leader or Orion, if you are familiar with on those. So with with, the, with all this level of resistance, the key uh, practice that the growers need 
to be very diligent is the first application because that's really the key within my observation and my experience growing with chickpeas. Sometimes you kind of delaying the first application, that's when you get into trouble because mm-hmm. the first application we really need to do early, about eight to 10 node states. That's when you don't see the symptom at that time, usually it's still microscopic, but it was the time when the uh, sour of spores start kind of uh, sewing up and then you don't see on the crop and then you you don't spray and then it end up costing. So if, if you have that prevents in the first application, that will help you a lot toward the end. That's great advice to our listeners. That's, I appreciate you adding that. Uh, Mark, you also grow uh, chickpeas. What are you seeing with growers in terms of uh, chickpea variety adoption? Like, if I guess last year would have been the first year that we had anybody grow Orkneys. We had okay. not some enough available that a few growers tried it, and uh, they all were quite happy with it. And before that, most of my growers were still growing leaders before that. Right. So this would be the first Clearfield one. And I guess this would be the second year that we had Pasquas in the ground. So it might be a larger scale next year and then it would be a little better test as opposed to just a small little corner in the field. But they look like they'll be a pretty good variety. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's great. So why don't we switch now to yellow peas? Uh, Tom, as a pea breeder, you are also able to see new varieties before the rest of us. This year, SPG is focused on a few new yellow pea varieties, uh, including uh, CDC Hickey, which you developed. Uh, What is it about CDC Hickey that makes it interesting and something growers should consider? Okay, yeah, thanks a lot, Laurie. I think overall, CDC Hickey is uh, quite a good package. Um, it has a uh, good yield. Uh, if you look in the seed guide, it's listed at 108 uh, in the south and 107 in the north. That's compared to uh, the long-term Czech CDC Amarillo, which is quite a high-yielding Czech variety, by the way. CDC Hickey is quite good for lodging resistance. It's uh, medium tall, not super tall, medium tall. I would say it's uh, it's listed at medium maturity, but we see it to be medium early-ish. And so it may be uh, a good fit, especially for the northern half of the pea region. I mean, that's up for debate, but we, we tend to see it coming in a bit earlier. Uh, has a good disease resistance package. Uh, all the varieties are resistant to powdery mildew nowadays, but uh, hickey is also moderate for mycosphorella. We call it mycosphorella in the seed guide. Other people call it ascochyta. You can call it either one. And I think I should note that it's it's MR, moderately resistant for fusarium root rot. And nowadays, I mean, even Mark just mentioned about root rods. And uh, so MR, if you look in the seed guide for pea varieties, maybe about a third or a quarter of them are listed at MR. The rest are listed at I, intermediate. So it's a little bit better than, for example, CDC Meadow, which is the most widely grown variety. Uh, so so that's, that's a bonus for Hickey. And on top of that, I think it has quite a good seed package. Seeds are round and smooth, good seed coat breakage, medium seed size. Also, it has a little advantage even over CDC Amarillo for protein. It's about half a point higher for, for protein in the seed. And well, nowadays, I'm hoping that uh, some growers could get a premium for, for protein. 
Well, thanks, Tom. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping for that as well. And uh, certainly some of the new varieties coming out do have a higher protein, and, and I'm hoping that uh, growers can benefit from that and in providing, you know, peas for the fractionation market. One thing also, you mentioned that it yields high in both the north and the south, and I just love to see that because it generally indicates good yield stability. So it obviously can adapt to a number of different environments. Um, so it, it speaks well to it being able to, to perform well under different conditions. The same time that uh, CDC Hickey was released, there was another variety released, which was CDC Tollefson. Uh, we're focused a little bit more on CDC Hickey because uh, the seed went a little bit quicker through the seed multiplication, but CDC Tollefson will have a lot of certified seed available in the following spring in 2025. So I'm hearing good things about this yellow pea. Do you want to uh, maybe comment a little bit on this variety? Sure. Again, yield is is similar to that of Hickey, about 108, both in the south and the north of the province. So I think that's quite strong. A couple of things I think I would say about uh, about Tollefson compared to Hickey. Probably a little bit later in maturity, I would call it medium late. In the seed guide, it's called medium, but I, I think how I see it, it's more medium late, uh, which I don't mind in pea because pea varieties uh, tend to finish early anyway. So, yes, they do. Uh, so medium late in my mind is okay. Kind of going together with that, it's it's probably a touch taller than most other varieties. And interestingly, although it's taller, it's got one of the best uh, lodging resistance scores. Uh, so it's Often when you have crops that are tall, they lodge more, but in this case, it's standing up pretty well. Otherwise, a similar kind of disease package to hickey and seed size shape and such are similar, quite quite acceptable, I feel, low seed coat breakage. It, it is just a touch less uh, in protein than Amarillo, 0.3 of a percent. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, both varieties, Hickey and Tollefson, came out at the same time. Uh, breeder seed was released for the first time in 2021. So uh, probably the biggest amount of certified seed will come I'm going to guess in 25, not 24, but there could be a, a few bits that come out in 24. Yeah, I think there were a couple of growers that had managed to produce registered seed uh, this past year. So there'll be very limited amounts of certified seed of hickey and then uh, lots more in 2025 for both varieties. So, Mark, you also grow a number of yellow pea varieties. Can you uh, tell me a little bit more about your experience with growing CDC Tollefson? Um, yeah, so we'll be, I think last year was our maybe third year on them. For us, the medium late maturity, we don't mind that because with growing chickpeas and flax, we prefer not to have a four month long harvest season. So if we can get a little later maturity for us, it doesn't make too much of a difference on our end. So sure. the Tolison looks like it'll be better than what we've had previously on some other varieties. You know, I appreciate you your comments that CDC Tollefson is looking a bit better. Uh, we had a couple other new varieties that are new to growers that we were highlighting in our variety campaign. Uh, these are coming out of the Agriculture Canada program. So one of those is AAC Profit. Uh, it's a high yielding yellow pea that uh, is particularly well adapted to the north. And in the seed guide, it yields 109% of the check in the north. 
Uh, it's rated good for resistance to dimpling and greenness. And, uh, but it's only rated fair for seed coat breakage. So, you know, it's a high yielding variety, but just, you know, be aware that it has to be handled carefully and, and you know, will depend on environmental conditions. But it's another one that has high protein and is one to consider if uh, you're targeting that market. Another one that we're promoting is the AAC Aberdeen. Uh, this is particularly high yielding in the south where it yields 108% of the check, uh, has good standability and resistance to greenness. Although it's another one that is only rated fair for seed coat breakage, so just be aware of that. And it also has a larger seed. I think it's a uh, thousand seed weight is 250, uh, whereas other varieties are, you know, 230 to 40. So it's a little bit bigger. Now, looking ahead to 2024, uh, what are you excited about in terms of new pulse varieties? What's in the pipeline? So I want to hear from each of you, and uh, we'll start with you, Tom. Okay, uh, sure. Thanks, Lori. Um, well, I guess uh, from the P side, in, in addition to uh, Hickey and Tollefson, which we talked about just a moment ago, uh, I could touch on on three others. Uh, so Inca, which we released in 2015, Spectrum in 2016, and Lawachko, which we released in 2018. Overall, you know, they all have quite good yield. Um, and uh, Spectrum is is a bit interesting because of a little bit higher protein as well. The other thing I would say, uh, based on you know some recent data from our group. Uh, with regard to root rot. So we screened 200 plus uh, varieties in our uh, what we call GWAS panel for Aphanomyces indoors. In addition, we have some outdoor data from the, the co-op trials, of course. But what we found was that uh, Inca, Spectrum, and Lawachko all have less disease than Meadow. And so it's a bit sort of ironic because meadow is the most widely grown yes. in the prairies and it has been for for a decade but it actually comes out as one of the poorer ones for root rot so i think if farmers are facing root rot one of the sort of immediate things they can do is switch to to one of these newer varieties not every farmer is going to have an issue with root rot but those who do uh, may want to to make that rather simple move in the meantime we're of course we're breeding for better uh, root rot resistance uh in, in a in a very concentrated way but sort of you could say almost by luck not luck completely but uh <laughs> some good fortune and just the fact that we breed in the field, all the material is in the field all the time. So uh, as we select higher yielding ones, sometimes we're picking ones that have better root rot resistance. And if I could just throw one more comment, I know you're talking about yellow peas, but CDC forest uh, green pea variety continues yes. to do well. Uh, very good yield and nice seed type and certified seeds available. So those would be my comments, Lori. Oh, thank you, Tom. I really appreciate that. And those are really good comments, too, about uh, the disease resistance, because certainly root rot is really limiting pea acres. And you need to consider any way you can to uh, mitigate that. So, you know, growers need to consider the uh, variety as an, op as an option. 
So, Mark, you're also uh, growing CDC Citron, which is a new variety up and coming. It's a little ways away from growers yet. But uh, what are your observations on this variety? Uh, we've only had small amounts, but so far it looked like it was, it, it should be a pretty good variety. Um, mm -hmm. It was noticeably little earlier maturing than our Tolleson. And so far it's it's yielded well and we haven't had any issues with seed quality really on it yet. So it's been pretty good. Well, that's good to hear. So something the growers can look forward to in the future. Yep. And so what are what else are you excited about in terms of new pulse varieties in, in any of the pulse crops? Um, well, my phone's been ringing off the hook for Jiminy lentils. And oh, okay. I think I'm pretty well sold out already. So. Oh, so that's good to hear. Year. First year that it's widely, that like I had a larger amount. Last year we had very limited quantities and everybody always wants to phone for a year or two before you have many to sell. So <laughs> this is our first year with lots of those and it's fairly regular. I'm getting a phone call looking for Jiminy lentils. So. Well, I'm excited to hear that because that is a really good small green lentil variety. Yeah, yeah and, and it is you know, fairly new to growers. And, you know, in the past we had CDC Kermit, which was also a very good small green variety, but it didn't have the clear field trait. Yeah. And now here with CDC Jiminy, not only does it have the clear field trait, but it's actually a little bit higher yielding than Kermit, which was quite a bonus because it, it's hard for a clear field variety to beat the top yielding non-clear field variety. So this this is a very strong variety for those that want to grow small green lentils. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's done really well for us the last couple of years too. So. Good to hear. So Bunyman, I mean, you've had a flurry of new varieties that we've highlighted in this podcast. Um, so is there what makes you excited about the new varieties coming? Yeah, so well, well, really, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see these new varieties that are now becoming more widely grown, like Orkney, Lancer, or yeah. the two new coming, Pearl and, and uh, Pasqua. So I'm really curious if uh, growers or Mark or any other grower of these varieties seeing any symptom of the mysterious plant health, chickpea health issue that we've been seeing. <laughs> so how this, uh, I'd really <laughs> like to see that, Mark, because I'm curious, okay, what is Because there's somehow there's some setting pedigree in the background because we, we want to bring that uh, uh, large seed quality and then and, and, uh, for improvement for Ashokaita. So that's a, already out there now, these four varieties. So I'd like to see that, how they're performing in different regions. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to hear if anything happened with these four varieties. And in the meantime, so the program keep pushing. So a little bit, I'm a little bit slowing down a little bit, uh, uh, Lori, in releasing news. So I want to have like a number of lines that we have already have at least four years data. So, so we have... Yes. Uh, I want to get really the best one to get out before anything anything else. So we have uh, one candidate now, uh, uh, Kabuli, very good for us, Kukaita. I've seen that in many locations. The one uh, from trials, for example, at Redverse in the last couple of years where the trials were hammered by Askukaita and this one's still looking pretty good. So I'm happy with to see that. But the seeding has been challenging. This year increase in... Uh, 
Highway 13 West or Messina Boy was hammered by Grasshopper. So oh yes, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so we didn't get a good uh, turnout, Lori, mm-hmm. on the on this. Yeah, so so I did to do it again uh, in 2024. So that's uh, that's what. We, but as a breeder, we we try to address all the opportunities, all the market segments that is out there, not just the Kabuli. Uh, within the Kabuli, we have uh, diversified seed size to address every segment of the market for the kind of requirements for hummus or for other purpose. And also, mm-hmm. we, we also breeding uh, smaller market classes such as uh, daisy type, the black daisy, and continuing with the green uh, cotillard and Kabulis. So that's all in the pipeline that we are doing. So there are a couple of daisies already available, and uh, there's yes. a small demand from the growers about uh, daisy chickpea so it's available and uh, as well as the black daisy uh, available and i heard that farmers like in organic they want to diversify themselves distinct from the other mainstream of chickpeas so that's an option for them and they'll try that so we we continue and of course askukaita is really important so we keep pushing that and the last couple of years, we don't see much of Asko Kaita, even under irrigation in our nursery. We don't see much of Asko Kaita mm-hmm. because of so dry and, and so warm. So, But still uh, one of the major selection criteria of Asko Kaita and, and different mm-hmm. seed size. So I'm excited in the future as we have more uh, materials coming for selection. And we'll do... Uh, allow me to make really kind of strong selection for the best one. Oh, for sure. And we're excited Thanks, to see what, what you have up and coming too. Yeah, thank you, Bunyaman. Uh, I know that your program has been very successful and, you know, you have good stuff coming in the future. So we look forward to that. So do you have, uh, do any of you have any advice for pulse growers who will be planning their next season? Uh, Tom, what would you have to say to growers who are <laughs> in the planning well, stage? I guess maybe if I put myself in in Mark's shoes, uh, maybe uh, growers should should get their new seed in place uh, soon. Uh, you know, the the winter is coming, and uh, sometimes uh, uh, seed growers run out of uh, of stocks. So get get that organized. I feel like. I would give a nudge to uh, switching to newer varieties. You know, we talked about all different pulse crops here, uh, but often the new ones have some advantages that are, are worthwhile. Uh, the example I gave for for pea was, you know, there are most most of the new varieties are better for root rot than than CDC meadow, so that yes. in itself is is a is an incentive to switch and probably higher yielding. And maybe just yeah. slightly uh, maybe philosophical point I'd like to make is that, uh, you know, encourage the growers to grow more pulses. Why? If if farmers are saying they're into sustainable agriculture, uh, which probably every farmer would say their their farm is sustainable, then you know you need more nitrogen fixing crops. So uh, I would emphasize that grow pulses or even grow uh, forage legumes to to get more end fix going on your farm. Those are my comments. <laughs> well, thank you, Tom. And those are very good comments. And certainly, we'd like to see uh, you know more growers putting pulses into their rotation as much as possible. So I really appreciate those comments. Mark, what about you? What advice do you have for growers? 
I guess if you're looking for a new variety, phone early because I might not have it come springtime when you're all of a sudden yeah. switch rotation to something else. Um, especially the newer varieties when they're this the first year out. There's not there's always limited amounts of it, and there's yeah. interest and lots of people see that when it comes as soon as the seed guide comes out, everybody starts phoning for this new variety. That well, I only had two acres or 10 acres of it this year. So it's a couple of years down the road for before I have any to sell to a other growers. Right. So, yeah. 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 Get those uh, orders in soon. Uh, I totally agree with that. You hate to be disappointed come spring that uh, you're having to grow the same old when you know there's something better out there. So yeah. good advice. And Bunyaman, what about you? What advice do you have for growers? Yeah. In addition to what Tom and, and Mark had, I've said, so I think one of my, my kind of uh, suggestion for farmers is that it's an old school. Maintain your rotation, keep diversified. Okay, so legume is uh, is uh, really one of the critical uh, part of the rotation, but keep keep yourself in like at least a three or four year rotation. So continue with that. And then for chickpea especially, so you really need to be like a due diligence on, on your crop, make sure that you follow the good agronomy practice to be to have successful chickpea. Chickpea will be different than any other crop. A little bit more attention needed when you mm -hmm. grow chickpea. You cannot just grow and then have a kind of vacation on your lake and on your cabin for <laughs> so that just will be different when, when you grow chickpea. Everybody knows that. So you have to be diligent and then do the, the recommendation, such as the first spray, as I said before, make sure that the crops in, in a good, in a good uh, uh, conditions. And there are a lot of resources available. Uh, if you need more information, you can call me, you can contact SPG, okay, so all sources are available. So so that that's and good luck with the season 2024 and get your seed early, as Mark said. Yes. So it's true for any crop. <laughs> Well, thank you, Bunyaman, and, and also some really good advice. I appreciate that. So that wraps up our discussion today. Uh, I want to give a big thank you to Mark Watson and Tom Workington and Bunyaman Tern for joining us. And thank you for everyone who tuned into this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss upcoming episodes. To stay up to date with SPG, you can subscribe to our mailing list on our website. We send out regular updates, keeping you informed on global markets, new technologies and trends in pulse production. So thank you again to our guests and for everyone for tuning into the Pulse of the Prairies podcast.